And I thank you for taking the time to join me today for episode 53, Kiss Confidential. Before we get into the video analysis, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you haven't already done so, please leave a review on iTunes. Positive reviews and subscriptions help other Kiss fans to find this podcast. If you have any comments, you want to provide any feedback, you can reach me at psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. That's psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am at RyoV on Twitter. That's at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. All right, uh, today's communication. Uh, I do have something for today's communication out of the KISS camp. But uh, before we get to that, I do have a couple of things that are not out of the KISS camp. And um, it's not the first is not even KISS-related, but just news I got this morning that uh, really hit me hard. And, um, you know, I don't know if KISS fans fall in the same packs, but some of you KISS fans probably are Rob Zombie fans, and some of you Rob Zombie fans are probably fans of his music and his movies. Um, so... I got news today that, uh, sadly, unfortunately, Sid Haig had passed away. And uh, those of you who know the Rob Zombie films, he played Captain Spaulding in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and uh, he's in Three from Hell, which I haven't seen yet, but it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD next month. So I'm going to watch that. I know there was like a four-day theatrical release that I did not get to, but I, uh, I have a date scheduled with my horror film buddy. And we're going to watch that. But uh, just really sad news. Uh, I saw it today. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Sid Haig has passed away at the age of 80. And um, it just, you know, made me think about how people you don't know, when you hear their passing, it can it can touch you. You know, I didn't know him personally. I met him once at a convention. He was the nicest guy in the world. Stood in two, line two hours to meet him. And he's one of the few that doesn't charge you pictures or anything like that you can stand in line just to talk to him and he wouldn't even ask you for any money and then you know if you wanted to buy one of his posters or something he would sign it for a nominal fee and and i mean very nominal ten dollars uh to have him personally sign a poster which is what i ended up doing but honestly i just wanted to go there to get a picture with the guy and tell him how much i appreciate uh you know all he's done and and his how his acting has entertained me over the years and uh, he great guy just great guy well received by the fans and uh, loves meeting with the fans. He went to several conventions every year. Um, even when his health started failing, he still made time to go to these conventions because he wanted to connect with the fans, and uh, you know he wanted to let them know that uh, he appreciated them as much as they appreciate him. And uh, just guys like that are hard to find in life. And so when I saw that news this morning, it was. Uh, little depressing and i just thought this would be a nice way to give a quick tribute to a wonderful man so uh rest in peace sid uh rest in peace and may you be clowning around in heaven <laughs> may captain spaulding be up in heaven or if you've seen the movies 
he might be somewhere else. But uh, wherever you are, Sid, I hope you're still entertaining. Okay, second thing in today's communication, I want to say thank you. Thank you, guys. I just did a recent check on the numbers, and um, the, the word is spreading about this podcast, and nothing makes me happier when I see that. So to all of you who have been telling your friends, who have been tweeting and retweeting, who have been putting it out there on social media, been leaving reviews, been spreading the word and subscribing, thank you so, so much. Um, it's just hard to believe that this little podcast that I started for my love of my favorite band um, has grown into such a such a big thing so thank you from the bottom of my heart I, I can't express my gratitude enough I truly appreciate anybody who listens for five minutes or for every single episode thank you if, if I've entertained you for even one moment I've, uh, I've done my job, and I appreciate all those that come back and all those that subscribe. So thank you very much. All right, and today's communication, we have news out of the Ace Freely camp. As of September 7th, pre-orders are being taken for the 5th anniversary edition of Space Invader. That's right, the first top 10 solo album of Ace's career, Space Invader, gets the special 5th Anniversary Deluxe Treatment. What the funk? That's right, kids. Ace is celebrating the 5-year anniversary of Space Invader. Look, it's a great album, but I don't think it needed a 5-year anniversary deluxe edition. I think the album was fine just the way it was. However, here it is anyway. And for the Ultimate Vinyl Edition, which is limited to only 500 copies, it is signed by Ace himself. And this also comes with unreleased mixes of the songs Toys and What Every Girl Wants, a colored vinyl disc, lyric booklet, a Mylar poster, and a custom hype sticker. And you can get all of this for the low, low price of just... $129. Hey, that includes shipping. What the heck? $129 for a vinyl version of an album you probably already own. Honestly, who comes up with this crap? If for some reason you are actually interested in this, you can visit kissmywax.net to order the album, if any are still available as of this recording date. They probably are, but maybe not. Um, look, this just this just sounds like a cash grab to me. Uh, you know, with only 500 being released, who's really making the money was the question I asked myself. I mean, after expenses, the take-home can't be much more than 50 grand, and that's only if every album sells. I mean, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why? I don't understand why Ace is doing this, why the Ace Camp is doing this, unless he's really, really hurting for cash. But if that's the case, go to a convention. Do some signings, do some photo ops, and you're probably going to make a lot more than 50 grand doing that. So I don't get it. But no, I will not be buying this. If I had $129 to spend, I'd be looking for a sealed copy of Alive 2, um, not <laughs> the deluxe edition of Space Invader. All right, let's get into the home video analysis for Kiss confidential and this home video was released on august 16th 1993 on mercury polygram home video 
The band members include Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Bruce Kulick, and Eric Singer. The video was produced by Kiss and Jack Edward Sawyers. And the video was directed by Tim Rosner and Jack Edward Sawyers. The track listing for Kiss Confidential is as follows. Creatures of the Night, Deuce, I Just Wanna, Unholy, Heaven's on Fire, A Hundred Thousand Years, Nothing to Lose, Hotter Than Hell, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Domino, Lick It Up, Forever, Take It Off, I Love It Loud, God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too, and The Star Spangled Banner. Kiss Confidential is an interesting video that combines live performances from the Revenge Tour, which was the current tour at the time, backstage interviews, and classic performances from 70s-era Kiss. The -the behind-the-scenes footage is probably the best part of the video because fans had never really seen that before. Sure, there was the campy Exposed, which showed up, fictitious version of the band in their home setting and and then there was extreme close-up which gave more of a straight documentary view of the band and their history but in confidential the band members talk about what is happening while they are currently on tour they tell stories about life on the road they provide real insight into what it's like to be on the road for a world tour and touring can be tough so the band is always trying to have a little levity to keep things light and interesting whether it's admiring the way they perform together as a band talking about their love of fans discussing the roadies trying to find the best groupies whether that be for kiss or themselves uh, or attempting to get a meal at a restaurant at closing time it's all covered and to me it was it was fascinating it's a side of the band that i never really think of i mean how do they get through their days while traveling from one town to the next just to put on the best performance they can that can be daunting and and a difficult task especially for an established well-known band such as kiss And these were the real stories from the band members themselves. Similar to Extreme Close-Up, this was an inside look to what was happening with the band, life behind the curtain. Not the campiness and mostly fake things that were happening in Kiss Exposed. This was the real deal, and fans were treated to a front row seat. And while I love the concert footage and the live performances, both old and new, it's the the behind-the-scenes footage that made me want to watch the video more than once. Yes, the concert footage is nice and it's welcomed, but the interviews and stories are the real treasures of the video. And of course, there's lots of TNA too, which is always nice for the male viewer, and maybe for some of the female viewers as well. I don't judge and I don't discriminate. Keeping it in similar vein to their other home videos, there are plenty of classic clips included as well, or what Paul referred to as the vintage stuff. Makeup era performances dominated the video throughout the middle segment, and it was it was a real nice inclusion. I mean, at first I thought I only wanted to see the modern era, as this was a live home video of their most recent tour, but then while watching the documentary footage and the classic live footage, I realized what a great addition it was. Confidential runs the gauntlet of classic to modern and covers everything, which is a real treat for the fans. For those of us that never saw it before, with the exception of what was available on previous home videos, 
Watching Kiss in Makeup was fabulous. I mean, it did create a yearning to see the band get back together with the original members and do a full makeup tour, which is something we believed was never going to happen. Being able to watch Gene spit blood or see the entire band perform in their full makeup and costume was wonderful. We hadn't seen this before, at least I hadn't seen it before, and fans that were my age hadn't seen it before. We were too young in the early days of Kiss. By the time we got into them, they'd already taken off the makeup. Now, Paul and Gene talk about the vintage footage and why fans are still clamoring for it all these years later. The answer is simple. New fans never got to witness Kiss in those days, and they wanted to see what they were missing. And Paul and Gene understand that for them, it's, it's a nostalgia thing. And Eric and Bruce are fans too, so they also enjoy the classic footage. They enjoy being part of something that is so historic and so chaotic. One of the greatest gems of the documentary footage to me is hearing how Paul was addicted to Super Mario Brothers at the time this was filmed. Uh, the band was discussing life on the road and the, the four of them having to share a tour bus. And Bruce was complaining about Gene being a slob and watching movies too loud. Gene countered with hating having to hear the video game noises from the stupid games Bruce was playing, and then Bruce called out Paul and said that Paul was the one addicted to the game. And Paul states that, yes, Super Mario Brothers became an addiction, and he would be up all night playing that game. And that made me laugh so hard for several reasons. One being, I too was addicted to that game during my college years, and it cost me several nights of sleep when I was younger. Two being, think about it, Paul Stanley. One of your favorite rock and roll heroes is up until four in the morning playing Super Mario Brothers, a video game. Yep, these guys are human too, just like us, only they have cooler jobs. Alright, the cover for the home video, Kiss Confidential, is pretty cool as far as covers go. I mean, certainly a lot more is happening than on their last home video cover, which was for Extreme Close-Up. First off, we have the big KISS logo at the top of the box art. Giant silver letters outlined in black that state KISS. Underneath that is the word CONFIDENTIAL, spelled in all caps with a K instead of a C because, you know, it's KISS. The word CONFIDENTIAL is on an angle and starts below the K in KISS and ends by crashing into the last S in KISS. The rest of the cover contains cool photos from the documentary, a close-up of fans' tattoos, a live shot of Kiss in concert in makeup, a live shot of the band without makeup, excuse me, and a couple of other pictures that promise to be more tantalizing once you're actually watching the video. It's a good cover for the home video. It's not a great one, but certainly one of the better ones, one of the better covers in the Kiss home video catalog. All right, let's get into the song breakdown of the video. And the first song to appear on the home video is Creatures of the Night, which is written by Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell and sung by Paul Stanley. Now, having just done this for Live 3, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do a song breakdown for this particular episode. I mean... There isn't much more that I'm going to be able to add that is different than what I said about the song last episode. 
which is the live version from a live three and and that version and the live version from confidential they're not really going to be any different but then i figured what the heck i mean i can focus more on the visual aspect of the songs this time around since for the cd there was obviously no visual aspect so confidential opens with creatures of the night after a quick uh, credits of the four band members shows up and then you get uh it goes right into uh the crowd noise, the roar of the crowd, and you see a nice shot of uh, the empty seats filling in quickly to the sold-out show. And then you get the awesome guitar lick, and Creatures of the Night is up and running. Great song, great opener. I'm sure I said the same thing uh, during the Alive 3 episode. But Creatures of the Night is a great opener. It's a solid song. It's now a classic song. Even then, it was probably a classic song. And it just gets the crowd pumped up. And, you know, we get our first visual shot of the band. And, um, you know, Gene's in his all leather. And, and they got a huge Statue of Liberty in the background. Um, you know, that later in the concert shows like a skull face. Um, even without makeup, Kiss put together a great stage show. You know, they... they, they Kind of like Iron Maiden, they they just took all these props and all these elements and and just made the best stage setup that they could. You know, similar to Alice Cooper, similar to Maiden, like I mentioned. Even without makeup, Kiss was still a very visual band in the live setting. And, of course, a lot of bombs, a lot of explosions, a lot of fireworks, um, a lot of fire, for, for that matter. Um not having the makeup on didn't really change the band all that much and in creatures of the night the opening song we get to we get to see that and and get to see kind of like what we're in for and if you hadn't seen the band live before this you know this might have been the first opportunity that fans had they had done that home video um animalized live uncensored a few years before but um you know, not a lot of fans might have had that. And again, we didn't have the internet back then. These things weren't easily preserved. So finding a copy of that could have been much harder. So this this might have been the first opportunity that fans had to see a full live video of Kiss in concert uh, during the non-makeup era. All right, next song is Deuce. This is written by Gene Simmons and sung by Gene Simmons. And, and similar to the thoughts I discussed on the lap, last episode, the Live 3 episode... It's cool to see Deuce in the then-current incarnation of Kiss, but I was hoping for different songs to be contained on the latest live release, not not ones we've heard already. Although, with the video, this is slightly different. I mean, we're seeing new Kiss perform Deuce, Deuce so it's, it is a different experience. Deuce is a powerful song, and it's a great choice for early in the show. It's classic-era Kiss with some power and pop, that gets the crowd amped up and ready to rock. And I like where it fell in the set list, and I do love that the live version, I do love the live version of this song. It's a huge explosion to kick it off, followed by Gene bellowing, I wanna hear ya, and the crowd going nuts. Yep, even the older version of Kiss without makeup could still put on one heck of a rock show. You know, Paul Stanley's jumping around like a madman, Eric's banging on the drums, Bruce is given a guitar solo that just shreds. It's it's all part of the amazing spectacle that is live Kiss. And of course, the fans singing every single word back to the band. A beloved song that got an intense live performance. That's Deuce. I also loved watching Gene and Paul crash into each other and bounce around like they were school kids just having so much fun. I mean, I think that is what 
was most special about this version of the band. They were just having so much fun on stage, and they couldn't hide it if they wanted to. Kiss had saw a resurgence, or had seen a resurgence, and they were enjoying every single moment of it. Most likely because they know that what they had in the 70s, you know, they, they know what they lost when Peter and Ace left the band, and they know how hard it was, they knew how hard they had to work to get back to the top of the mountain. And the band was there once again with Revenge and the Revenge Tour, and they were not going to let it get by them a second time. The next song is I Just Wanna, and that's written by Paul Stanley and Vinnie Vincent and sung by Paul Stanley. And here we get our first documentary segue, which comes prior to this song. And Gene talks about Eric and what he brings to the band, and Paul speaks to Bruce's ability, and Eric discusses Gene's love for attention, and Bruce shares his admiration for Paul. It's it's a neat little scene to watch, and it's huge for the fans who never get to see this type of thing from the band. Maybe never saw it before, um, you know, hadn't seen it. And it's also an inside look at the band by the band. And I just, I thought that was just something a little extra special, you know, that they tucked in in between the concert segments. And then we segue right into the live performance of I Just Wanna. And there's not much else that I can add here that I didn't already say regarding this song it's amazing the live version is intense it's one of the best non-makeup kiss songs the band did and one of the best on revenge if not the best it's not my favorite song from revenge but it's close and it's such a powerful song that it just makes me fill with energy every time i hear it when it was first released i knew that this song was going to be a classic and i think I think it has become one. Even to this day, I Just Want It is a strong song, and it's a relevant song. It's timeless. And it was nice to have some visual to go along with the audio on this home video. Next up is Unholy. This was written by Gene Simmons and Vinnie Vincent, sung by Gene Simmons. And as I'm sure I stated before, this song hasn't really aged well. When it first came out, and it was new and it was exciting. It was it was a pretty badass song. But over the years, like I guess I kind of grew away from it. And it's not that I don't like it. Don't let me misdirect you. I still love the song a lot. But it's not as grand as it was when it was new. I mean, the live version is still pretty amazing. It's a nice hard and heavy kiss song that strays from the normal lyrics of ladies or rock and roll. I think the issue with Unholy is that it was trying too hard to be the new God of Thunder. And again, while it's a good song, it's it's not God of Thunder. But at least the band wasn't afraid to play several of the new songs live. I mean, that's something I wish they did more with Monster and Sonic Boom during those tours. I did like the documentary segue into the song, though. Paul talks about getting a t-shirt from a member of the audience that he wore for several shows. It was a shirt that some guy made with a huge star child face painted on it. And I remember those shirts because they were very popular in the 80s and 90s. And I used to have one at Jean, and I'm sure it's still in a box in my basement somewhere. But those, those shirts were super cool. And the fact that Paul got one from a fan and wore it for um, you know several nights on the tour, that, that's pretty wild. And I'm sure that fan felt pretty honored. Next song is Heaven's on Fire. This is written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child, and it's sung by Paul Stanley. And prior to this song, we get a nice story about a girl who could crush beer cans with her boobs. 
I found that to be very interesting. And the warning that flashes underneath, do not try this at home, in big flashing bulb letters, that made me laugh. And then we get into the live performance of Heavens on Fire. And this is another classic that fans just love hearing. It's a beloved song, no matter how tired I am of it. I mean, since its release... Heavens on Fire has appeared on just about every compilation and every live record that KISS has done. It's been performed at almost every live show, and I I think, honestly, I think I just burned out on it. I mean, is it a great song? Absolutely. Could be one of the best in the KISS catalog, but I've heard it a lot, and over the years, I think I probably just heard it too much, so I don't get that excited about it. You can tell in the video that the audience was loving it, though. And and when I see them in concert and this song is played, I love it, too. I mean, just because I'm tired of the song doesn't mean that I won't enjoy it when it's performed. I mean, I even found myself singing as part of the sing-along. And that's, that's the power of Kiss. After this clip, the band talks about Gene forgetting lyrics to songs sometimes. And they showed a clip from Cabo in 1976 when Gene started singing Rock and Roll All Night when the song was Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I actually cringed. I cringed for him. It was painful and funny both, but it was definitely cringeworthy. Next up is 100,000 Years. This was written by Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons and sung by Paul Stanley. And here we have a classic performance from 1976. The song starts with Gene doing the Blood Vomit special, Always one of my favorite parts of the concert, as I am sure it is for most fans. And then the band kicks into a powerful performance of 100,000 Years. And we get a great view of what it was like to be at a KISS concert back in the day. I mean, there's Ace doing some exceptional guitar work. There's Peter banging the drums like he's insane. Gene performing as the demon. And Paul leading the way as the craftsman that he is. Leading the audience and keeping the crowd engaged. Flames are shooting out of the stage. The audience is going nuts. It was a wonderful thing to see, especially for someone who had never seen Kiss live in any format, let alone the makeup years. When this was released, I was still three years away from witnessing Kiss live for the first time. So to have these special trinkets, to have these special memories captured on film to watch whenever I wanted, it was amazing. It was a great performance of 100,000 Years, one of the better ones that I recall seeing, even now after seeing hours and hours and hours of live KISS footage. This one performance would probably still rate near the top. Next song is Nothing to Lose. This was written by Gene Simmons and sung by Gene Simmons. And this, this is one of those gorgeous black and white clips that longtime listeners, you know I love. It's listed as live from San Francisco 1975, so it's the Winterland footage that would appear on Kissology 1 in full, which again, long-time listeners know, is one of my favorite Kiss concert films of all time. I mean, look how young and hungry they were. Look at the energy they give off. This is Kiss winning fans over one concert at a time, one song at a time. Gene looks like a wire full of nonstop energy. The band sounds incredible. Gene starts the song, and when Peter kicks in with his part of the vocals, I'm just grinning. It gets me every time. These performances remind me why I love the band so much and how magnificent they are. 
And haters can hate all they want, but there are a few things in life that bring me as much joy as watching a concert clip like this one. Polonaise sharing a mic for the chorus, Peter going wild on the drums, the band's in full costume, just bringing the house down. It's just another example of why these guys were going to take over the music world. No one played with this much intensity, and few bands were this hungry to give their all. KISS did that, and they left it all on the stage, night after night, on their way to becoming the hottest band in the land, actually earning that title. Next up is Hotter Than Hell, written by Paul Stanley, sung by Paul Stanley. And by now, if you've heard more than a couple of episodes of the Psycho Circus podcast... You know how I feel about this song. I'm not a fan. <laughs> the live clip is from Detroit, 1976. And yes, it is cool to see the band perform in makeup, especially in 1993 when this kind of footage was very rare and very hard to come by. And if I look at it from just a visual perspective, I am mesmerized. I mean, this is classic Kiss performing in the earliest days in full costume, something that at that time I yearned to see. It's still a crummy song, though. Next up is Let Me Go Rock and Roll. This is written by Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and sung by Gene Simmons. And here we get a version of Let Me Go Rock and Roll where Gene got the lyrics right. <laughs> this is live footage from Budokan in 1977 during the height of the band's heyday. The costumes were completely different by this point. They're fully decked out in armor. Gene looks like a warrior. Ace had donned his, donned his full spaceman attire. And, and Paul and Peter were in their latest incarnation of their costumes as well. It's interesting to see how visually different the band looked over the span of just two years. And while the audio quality was not the best on this clip, it still gives a great impression of how the band performed in 1977. I mean, by that point, KISS was the largest spectacle in rock and roll, and their live shows were infamous. It's nice to have a little taste of what that was like before we move forward in time and back to the present day. And I think that's what I like best about this home video, how the band travels into the past to give fans a glimpse of what it was like, and then forges ahead to their, their current day, the current concert. It's nice to have a little comparison, a classic kiss and new kiss on the same home video. And both versions of the band were absolutely outstanding. Make no mistake about that. Next up is Domino. This was written by Gene Simmons and sung by Gene Simmons. And the next segue is a great tribute to the road crew. We're treated to a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to get the stage set up and get everything ready for a kiss show right down to the giant statue of the Liberty Head that was on tour with the band. It's intense, and it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, we as fans, we often forget about the amount of work that has to go into setting up the stage and preparing for the show long before the band even comes on. I mean, these road crews were already working at 5 in the morning, long before most of us are even awake on concert day. So it was nice to see KISS pay tribute to the hard-working road crew and express their gratitude for what they do. I mean, without them, we would not have concerts on this level to enjoy. Domino is then performed, and as I've, as I've said before, it's, it's okay. I liked it better when it was a newer song, but over the years, 
it just, I don't know, it's kind of faded on me. And the spoken part of the song, it's really gotten kind of cheesy. And this is another song that just hasn't aged as well as some of the others. It's still an okay song, a good song, still a fun song. It's just not one that I would put in the top anything. It had its run in the early to mid-90s, and then it was pretty much shelved, which is... Excuse me, which is probably what should have happened to it. Um, I can think of several Kiss songs that I would rather hear, um, you know, live before Domino. Although, if the band performed that one instead of I Was Made For Loving You, there would be no complaints from me. Next up is Lick It Up, and this was written by Paul Stanley and Vinnie Vincent, sung by Paul Stanley, and, and honestly, brilliant. It's always brilliant. Lick It Up is a great song live. Sure, it's it's a simple song. Most Kiss songs would fall into that category. But it's still a powerful song. It still sends the message to live for the moment and make your best life start now. Don't wait until tomorrow. Go after what you want and start right now. Live like you are on vacation and enjoy every moment. I mean, with a message like that, how can you not love this song? And this version of Kiss, Revenge Era Kiss, does an incredible job in the live setting. Bruce's guitar is staggering. Eric's a master on the drums, and the songs the song evolves somewhat from the studio version without losing its flavor. I mean, it takes a lot of practice and talent to make that happen, but I give credit to Bruce, who knew how to transition the song into his own and rearrange the solo slightly so that he could make it hits. It was well done, and it just added more power to an already intense song. And these these little trinkets are what I love best about the non-makeup era. They didn't rely on their visuals as much. They worked hard to mold the songs to fit the current version of the band, and they did it very, very well. Next song is Forever, and this was written by Paul Stanley and Michael Bolton and sung by Paul Stanley. And here we get the video companion to the Alive 3 version of the song. It's really cool to see the acoustic guitars out on stage. Um, Paul has a nice acoustic guitar strumming as he sings, and Bruce alternates between electric and acoustic, but he plays the acoustic solo for the song, and and that still mesmerizes me even after all these years. Although the solo did seem slightly shorter this time around, so I don't know if it was edited or if I just imagined that it was usually longer. It's also cool to see the lights, the laser light show, and and witness how the song was performed live during the tour. And other than that, I don't really have much to add that I haven't already said. I mean, I talked about the song itself on the Hot in the Shade episode, and we picked apart the live version last episode. So this just adds a nice visual and, and gives fans a true idea of what a Kiss concert is like during a ballad. Next up is Take It Off. This was written by Paul Stanley, Bob Ezrin, and Kane Roberts, and sung by Paul Stanley. And, okay, like most guys that are KISS fans, I love the ladies. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm now a happily married man, but I still appreciate seeing a lovely lady, and Mrs. V is okay with that. I mean, I don't mind when she swoons over Matthew McConaughey, who seems to want to be naked in every freaking movie he does. So it's only fair that she doesn't mind when I appreciate a good-looking lady in a kiss video. And for this song, there are plenty of ladies to choose from. 
Now, I loved hearing how this came to be. The details that Paul gives where the band would have local strippers come out on stage for each stop during Take It Off. What an ingenious idea. And of course, there's plenty of backstage footage to see some stripper TNA, which never, ever a bad thing. I mean, if you ask me, never a bad thing. Now, all kidding aside, uh, this is a cool concept. It's a unique way to add more visuals to a great song. I mean, the makeup years were far behind them at this point, but KISS was still pulling off new ways to be a live spectacle and give fans the concert they've never seen before. And, And rarely do I see several strippers taking it off during a concert. Yeah, other bands have done it. Motley Crue comes to mind, but... None do it like Kiss did it. They are the masters, after all. And the song itself, well, I mean, it's one of my favorites from Revenge, and while it wasn't included on a Live 3, unless you had the vinyl version, it is great to see it added here to the home video. Probably one of the best parts of the entire video. I mean, I do love this song so, so much. Again, one of the best on Revenge. Uh, it's a powerful song. It's a wonderful tribute to the hardworking ladies of the club. Um, strippers on stage, dancing, gyrating, while my favorite band plays one of my favorite songs from their latest album. Yeah, you can sign me up for that. I mean, I would watch that all day long. It's hard to imagine that the band did not get distracted during the performance of this song night after night. I mean, the ladies are beautiful. The crowd is roaring. And, and this is one of the highlights of every night. But KISS is a professional band, and they managed to give an exceptional performance while being distracted by so much beauty. Only the best can make hard work look so easy and continue to give a top performance while being inundated with so many sexual ladies in a live setting. Yep, they are, and always will be, the greatest band in the land. And that's whether they have their makeup on or not. KISS is the best in the business. Alright, next up is I Love It Loud. This was written by Gene Simmons and Vinnie Vincent and sung by Gene Simmons. And here we get another classic Kiss song. And yes, this version has the short and second verse as well. All future versions of this song will be performed that way, which is something I still don't understand to this day. It is one of the mysteries of Kiss that I hope to solve one day if I ever get a chance to interview the band. The live version is just as grand as the studio version, and I can only imagine that the fans went absolutely nuts when they heard this song during the 90s. It's it's old school Kiss meets new era Kiss, and, and they just knock it out of the park. Terrific, terrific performance. And the crowd chanting back to the band during the hey, 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 yeah, gets me every single time. I know when I see the band live, I'm singing that part at the top of my lungs and I'm getting so lost in the moment. And that's that's one of the things I love most about live concerts, how there's always a little part and a little time where you get so lost in the moment, you just forget everything else that is happening in your life and you are just zoned in on what is happening at that particular moment. It's why I love going to live concerts. It's why I love seeing live performances because you can just get lost, wrapped up. You're not thinking about your problems. You're not thinking about bills that are due. You're not thinking about work that has to be done. You're not even thinking about how you have to get up for work the next day. You're just thinking about what a great time and what a great experience this is. And live concerts will do that for you. And Kiss live concerts especially, you know, at least for me, being a huge Kiss fan and all, that's obviously always going to get me. 
next song is God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2. This is written by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Bob Ezrin, and Ross Ballard, and sung by Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. There is some fun backstage footage prior to this song. We get to see some of the antics the band does after a performance highlighted by strippers filling the dressing room and Gene faking fellatio on Eric. That one made me laugh out loud. I love having God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2 in the encore. This is such a great song, and the band does such a great version of it live. It was their new anthem at the time of this tour, and the band put their all into it, even after giving a blistering 90-minute performance. You can tell from the video how much Kiss liked performing this song at that time, and you can see that the fans were as equally enthusiastic. Uh, a, a new classic, a, a new anthem, a new masterpiece was captured right there. Let, next up is the last song um, on the home video, and this is the Star Spangled Banner. This was written by Francis Scott Key, and it's an instrumental by Bruce. And it was very cool to have a visual to go with this song and to see how their band ended, see how Kiss ended their concert during the Revenge Tour. Bruce playing the Star Spangled Banner. Explosions going off. Sparks flying from the Statue of Liberty head. More explosions going off. I mean, what a great way to end the show night after night after night. This is probably one of the best non-makeup tours the band ever did. And I'm extremely thankful and extremely grateful that they preserved some of it on this home video for fans like us to enjoy again and again and again whenever we want, even if it's only when we're getting ready to record an episode of the Psycho Circus podcast. I honestly haven't seen this in 20 years, but I'm glad, so glad that I got to watch it again. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Psycho Circus Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for letting others know about this show. It means the absolute word to, world to me. If you got a comment you want to share, you can email me at psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. Psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. Com. Be sure to go to iTunes and leave a review. Every review helps. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at RyoV on Twitter. That's at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. All right. Be sure to tune in next time where we do another bonus episode. And we're going to go back to bootlegs uh, with bootlegged volume two so tune in next time for bootlegged volume two where i will be covering a bootleg from the revenge era and that will that will pretty much take us out of the revenge era and we will begin to move into the covers era and the unplugged era so look forward to talking with you guys then and until then the carnival has just begun.